We, we were did here one last week. week. I know. We got the backlog, man. I haven't gotten into my spam folder. 14, oh. 15. Damn. Oof. Boys. Boys, boys, You could boys. be missing chances at love in there, man. Just don't look at me. You met your girlfriend through the cast. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm set. All right, Ted, I'll start mining these things. <laughs> For us. <laughs> I appreciate that. Has images. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. There's a lot of those names that could go both ways, you know? I Bre- sure do. Brett, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> we have one from Brett, one from Jordan. Ooh. Cass. You know, it's like. If you can go both ways, it doesn't matter with it if the name goes both ways. That's yeah, true. I mean, it's really That's up to you, a good dude. point. Yeah. Plus, my name goes both ways, so, I mean, I'm with you. Sorry, man, you threw me off. You got here so early. I didn't even, I didn't even set up, up my cheat. You're both gamblers. What's that? If you hook up, then you know you're both gamblers. What do you mean? Because both your names could have gone either way. Jordan and Aaron? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, you just go just based on the name. Dice roll. Mouth to mouth, guys night out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude. That's from Ted, it's not even winter yet, man. <laughs> Easy. So you have the fading light of summer. It's dark out there. All right, this cast will be over. It'll be dark. <laughs> That's true, man. I mean, yeah. The winter is upon us. It was just hailing on my way over here. Did you guys experience any of that or no? No. Nope. But I do like how you just call it winter. <laughs> I mean, essentially, we're, what, like four days into autumn or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. T- it's 23rd. Yeah, so seven days into autumn. Yeah, I, I consider winter once once the leaves are gone. I mean, there's basically two seasons in my life. Summer. Winter. Winter. Like summer and everything else. Summer and trash. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I'd say fall and spring are like two weeks here. Spring is just laughable here. But fall, there actually can be, you know, a nice fall. Like we had a couple of nice weeks in uh, September. And usually October, there's like one or two good ones. Yeah. Yeah, this is October. Don't give up on the fall yet. Right. I like the fall. It's just, you know, it's short and it's not really like, in the Northwest, it's not as definitive as as somewhere in, say, like New England, you know, with all the deciduous trees. All right. You guys ready to rock? Hell yeah. All right, let's do it. Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the Ted. Starring the Ted. Star. The. Starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. The Podcast, episode 235. What's up? It's your boy, The Ted Smith. We'll be hosting this here podcast. Greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Uh, to the left of me is my burner buddy. Sometimes he's on Skype. Actually, he's to the right of me, and he's always here unless he's somewhere in Southeast Asia on two wheels. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? And always to the right of you, the Dow Jones Industrial Average delisting General Electric as the embattled manufacturer struggles to reorganize its debt and restructure its long-term business. Podcast shares in a tailspin as well, with rain sweeping through the Emerald City, dampening analyst sentiment for the boys this fall. Will Ted's cold dips this season pull the price up, or has the coyote finally run out of tricks up those sleeves? We'll find out at three. Man. All right, back there on the wheels of steel, getting water for everybody in the studio, even the hydrated guys. <laughs> Matt Conner, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. How you doing, dude? Good. Water is life. Water is life, right? Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah. We've talked about rivers. Actually, I spent some time in a river this weekend. What? Uh, a very famous river. We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. But first, we have a guest in here this week. Howdy, folks. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Talon. Talon Hammond. <laughs> He's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Supposed to wait till we say your name, dude. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I mean, you're like, what are you going to walk out for your music hits? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just get too excited. I want to say hi. Weighing in at 221 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, Talon. <laughs> T-Rex. Uh, sorry, I'm just taking off my sweatshirt. Talon, do you have any nicknames or does Talon just kind of cover it? Uh, Talon should cover it, but my nickname is T-Rex. Talon, the T-Rex. T-Rex. I like it. I was hanging out with a friend that's a big fan of T-Rexes this weekend. All right, that's a strange one, but I'll take it. T Rex seems like a strange animal. Just be like, I love it, man. Yeah, and it ate a lot of things and had tiny arms. Huge fan. Right? Huge fan. <laughs> I think I have like T Rex arms, and then I tell a lot of people like I kind of have the build of a corgi. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, you do. Right. Getting out there. All right, so Talon, you'll be fighting uh, in a couple of weeks down at the Emerald Queen Casino for Cage Sport Fifty Three. That'll be on Saturday, the thirteenth. Yes, sir. Uh, Ticketmaster, if you want to get tickets. Also, our very own MCTP. I will be in London, so Matt will be stepping up and doing the MCing down there. So, uh, yeah, go down there and see the fights. Always a great time and a uh, good card, too. I'm excited for that main event. But more importantly, Talon, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, so you're 2-0 in your professional career. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I know you've answered this three times, but high school wrestler, boxer, like uh, what got you into kind of mixed martial arts? Uh None of the above. What got me into mixed martial arts, I, uh, when I was a little kid and I first did traditional martial arts, I pretty much knew that all I wanted to do was be a martial artist and practice fighting and, and practice, you know, becoming stronger and, and getting better at, at, at combat. And, uh, it was probably when I was like 13 when I realized that mixed martial arts was like an actual career that people really did. And I saw it on like TV, George St. Pierre knocking out uh, Matt Hughes, blew my mind. And I was like, okay, forget school. I'm going to find a gym. This is just going to be what I do. And uh, yeah, I've just been doing it. it. You know, it's funny. I remember that fight too. And I feel like that fight for a lot of people got us into the UFC and like, uh, you know, just the big time fights. Yeah, man, it sucked me in. In fact, what I saw, uh, what I saw first was uh, George's fight with um, Jay Heron, and like right after the fight, this is like the first fight I've ever seen. And right after the fight, George like gets down on his knees and begs for a title shot. Says he lost the last fight, and I'm, you know, I, I don't know how old I was. I was young, and I was like, "Holy, holy moly! What is this sport? I got to do this. This is what I want to do." And that's actually the only reason I even started doing any wrestling, I think, was because I had seen the UFC and saw that wrestlers were doing good at it. And so I tried to do a little bit of wrestling. So what martial art did you start with? Uh, when I was like, I don't know, five or six, my mom put me in Taekwondo. All right. And I did not get very far in that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 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 but I will sidekick the shit out of you. Cobb, <laughs> uh, did you do any martial arts growing up? Uh, I mean, I wrestled in like in junior high. Um, I did maybe like three sort of random Taekwondo classes at the Boys and Girls Club, but it was just like a little like summer intro thing. It wasn't like a full time sport for me. All right. Talon, I like that. I feel like most people I talk to are like, yeah, I was a high school wrestler. It seemed like a transition to get into MMA. I like you're like, no, I started with martial arts and was like, I want to I want to fight. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything else I wanted to do. Um, I remember looking at college courses and being like, why would I even? Why would people do this? I have to. I have to fight. This is this is all I want. So that's all I. It's all I really put my energy into up until I was in my twenties. All right. So you, 
That's so funny. I was about to be like, Matt, cops, somebody turn their phone down. Damn. <laughs> That'd be my fault. Uh, all right, so you were saying earlier, right, so you're 2-0 and as a professional. You had a, uh, how many fights did you have in a- as an amateur? As an amateur, I, wa- I had uh, 12 MMA fights. I had nine wins, two losses, one no contest, and no contest I had gotten poked in the eyeball. All right. What, uh, you said you wanted to fight, I guess my question will be this, like, the first time you go in there and really get your bell rung or whatever in a, in a fight fight. <laughs> How is this still happening? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm going to turn it off. No, 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 no worries, man. It's all good. Uh, like, was that like, all right, I'm fine with this, let's keep moving forward, or did it stun you for a second? The first time I ever remember getting rocked in a fight, it was a smoker. It wasn't even a real fight. It was like an exhibition. And I was going against a guy who was uh, considerably larger. And I, I don't know. I I was younger than I am right now. And I'm, I'm still pretty young. But back then it was like I was dumb, like dumb confident. It was great. So getting rocked didn't really mean anything. I was just like, yeah, that's what happens in fights. This is great. Yeah, sometimes it seems like like people that enjoy fighting, like I don't think they're, they're saying, like it's not like they're violent by nature, but it's kind of like uh, – like chewing tobacco. Like I used to be a dipper, right? Some people will have a dip and they get a little buzz and they dip for a while. Some people throw in a dip and they puke and they never want to dip again. <laughs> so it seems like combat sports are the same way. Like either you get hit and it kind of revs you up and you're like, all right, I can do this. Or it's like, eh, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, like uh, we have a mutual friend and like we would always joke about uh, the legend himself. But we would always joke about like when like somebody's drunk in a bar, like, dude, like, like, you really going to get in a fight? Like, when's the last time, first of all, when's the last time you got punched in the face? When's the last time you actually punched somebody? That's, that shit hurts. Yeah, definitely. Wait, who are you talking about? Justin. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's not going to do it to a ton of damage. I thought you were talking about Lance somehow for some reason. Oh, no, not at all. <clears throat> all right, so uh, you're doing martial arts. You get into it. You start fighting amateur stuff. Uh, and you're with uh, West Coast Fight Team. Yes, sir. West Coast Fight Team. John Maransky, Reese Andy, throwing it out there. Yeah, there you go. I was like, get them all in. <laughs> uh as i say so like what like what what's the goal is there an end goal or is it this point like just take the next fight that comes along and keep winning i mean always there was the goal to become a professional fighter um and i always set the next goal as the closest one so you know when i started training my goal was to compete in a grappling tournament after i won the grappling tournament i uh, my goal was to uh, compete as an amateur fighter, then it was will become an amateur title holder, become a professional fighter, you know. So now I guess my goal is to become a professional title holder in however long it takes me to do that. And I'm always going to set the next goal, the next step higher. Uh, and I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't want to put a limitation on myself. So I'll, I'll go as high and as far in, in fighting as I can, uh, as my body will allow me to go. Yeah. Well, fighting's a weird sport, too, like, especially in mixed martial arts, because it's like, I mean, I don't know. You see, you know, McGregor's coming up this weekend. It's almost like, like, is there pressure? Is there pressure now in a young guy like yourself starting out to, like, I don't know, just start being wildly arrogant and putting on a show? I, uh, no, not not for me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Watch me just flip the script right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. No. Uh, right, give us your promo. <laughs> <laughs> Mild-mannered uh, plumber by day, professional killer by night. Right? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I, Dude, I wish I, wish I had that crazy, 
just fucking ridiculous personality like McGregor has, and maybe that would line me up some kind of payday or something. But um, I think that's just really kind of is who that guy is. And right. so I'm just going to try and just be who I am. Here's and, the thing, man. People drink Irish whiskey on Fridays, but they drink 2% milk every day. Solid boy cop. All right. So it's always, I like when we have like a young fighter in here, like tell people what it's kind of really like. Because most people are only going to watch the UFC and be like, oh man, like I want to be a fighter, this and that. But like you still have a day job. You're still training. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a plumber. By the way, that's not a joke. I work for Mariansky Plumbing. It's owned by my coach, John Mariansky. That's actually a pretty good job, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really legit job. It's the first, you know, uh, first day job I've ever had. It's uh, really nice to have. It's And that's part of uh, being a fighter and being able to pay your bills. You know, you're not making you're not making money all the time doing this sport. No, especially not. I mean, there's hell. I, I don't think the guys in the UFC make enough money for what they're doing. No, <laughs> especially not <laughs> on a on a regional circuit. It's always going to be a little less. Yeah. Have you guys mixed in like a specific choke and renamed it something after plumbing yet? Uh, <laughs> no, the only renamed choke I will uh, own up to is we call the side choke at West Coast. We call it the howdy doody, howdy doody choke. All right. That's a, that's a re-sandy thing. I don't know where it comes from, but there it is. I mean, Cobb, you're with me, right? Yeah, like, the snake, the Drano. They're all flying <laughs> through my head. Oh, my God. The, okay, the snake. I see that yeah. one on the Doris. I could, I could see that. Yeah, what do you call, like, the little drain, like, underneath your sink that, like, bends up like an elbow? The uh, P-trap. The P-trap, right? He's got it locked in a P-trap, right? We've seen it before. It's a signature. Dude, he's got a hand. It's in the P-trap. It's locked in. Jesus, get out of there, man. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say we're helping out your marketing, but. Throwing out ideas, that's all. Yeah. I mean, if you stood in that cage afterwards and went, yeah, classic P-trap. I got him going out. People are like, what the hell? Yeah, you sure you plumbed that guy. <laughs> you see it, you prepare for it in practice, still got him. <laughs> you train for these things over and over, but still, boom, P-trap. Got him all Classic. clogged up. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the water off. Man. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, so, so take us through your normal day, right? You, you're working during the day, and then what, training? Is it just once a day, twice a day? Is it different... I would imagine it's different outside of a fight camp than it is regular. Yeah, so outside of a fight camp, um, you know, I wake up early in the morning, I go to work, I leave work, and I come to the gym. When I get to the gym, I'm, uh, you know, lifting weights, uh, getting my physical workout in. When I'm done with that, I'm on to uh, classes at West Coast with John or Reese or um, whoever whoever's working with me that day. And, you know, if I don't have a fight coming up, it's a little bit more lax. I'll get some sparring in, but I don't need to get rotated on or, or you know, really go all that hard or worry about if I'm, you know, going at full capacity. And then I also teach kids classes. So when I'm not nice. in fight camp, I'm teaching three days a week. I got kids between the ages of uh, five and 12 years old that I, you know, teach martial arts to. I mean, I think a 12-year-old is going to love the name The P-Trap. <laughs> Almost guaranteed. Right. Five year olds maybe don't send them home with that one yet. Like, Mom, we learned the P trap today from Coach Talon. Uh uh how's your uh, uh weight cut going? Excellent. Um All right. I'm realizing more and more that I'm getting pretty darn good at making weight. Is it also like I feel like one forty five and one fifty five, there is just 
There's big so difference, many, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, huge difference. I wrestled yeah. at both. Huge difference. Yeah, but also like those divisions get so crowded sometimes. Yeah, I think those are the more normal sized guys. Somewhere between 45, 55, and 170. I think that's the average size man when he cuts weight. Right. So you're going to just see more guys, more athletes in those divisions. And, you know, if you can, if you're a big enough guy to fight at 265 and you're athletic enough to be a champion, you might want to be doing another sport that pays better. (laughs) 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 Right? Well, I mean, look, that's why some of the football players, I mean, there's Hardy who, you know, got in so much, you know, trouble with the law and everything. But now he's getting in uh, MMA and he is just crushing people. And then the Timeless Wonder, which is Herschel Walker. Do you even know who Herschel Walker is? Herschel Walker. Uh, the name is familiar. <laughs> right? So he was an awesome running back when I was a kid. And I'm 37. Right? So, I mean, he, he was the man back then. The guy's fighting now? Yes. I've heard he eats one meal a day. Is that true? I He... I don't know about the eating. Ronda Rousey used to do that. No kidding. One meal a day? Yeah, uh, I saw that on her like old UFC promo thing, and I think, um, oh, geez, whoever the, the diet guy that was working with all those UFC fighters around that time, he Dolce? saw it too, and he was like, yeah, Dolce. Yeah. He was like, what are you doing? You can't, that's not good for you. I mean, I just feel like I'd be pissed off a lot of the day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, Matt, I know you'll agree with me. Like, I go a few... <laughs> You get too many hours without eating. Like I turn into one of those people. Like, what's your, what's your f-ing problem, man? Yeah. <laughs> Herschel Walker, one you. meal a day. It consists of bread and salad or soup. And he's freaking shredded like yeah. a well, monster. The old story I always heard about Herschel Walker was that uh, he would do like it's either a thousand or two thousand push-ups and sit-ups a day, but never actually physically like lifted weights or anything. Now that he's fighting, I'm sure he's probably changed that up some, but. Yeah. The other thing, uh, I always heard that he would watch TV and every commercial break would just rep out as many as he could. <laughs> it's a good way to do it. Just a legend. I encourage a lot of That's people to crazy. do that. Yeah. But when you're talking about giant dudes, that like, like he already had a successful football career and it was like twelve years. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Herschel Walker was the man in football. And then he and now he's just like twelve years as a running back. Like I'll pick this up. Like, That's insane. You would think your body would be pretty wore out from twelve years of taking those kind of hits and oh, running yeah. through guys. Three years most running backs are pretty much burned. Yeah, like five years for a solid one. Twelve, that's insane. Yeah. Let's get into MMA after that. Yeah, because plus they had <laughs> college, too, racking up damage. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right. I mean, I got to ask you. I asked all the fighters to come in. Do we have a prediction? What are you, what are you saying for the uh, 18th out of Cageport MMA? Is it the 18th or the 13th? The 13th. The 13th. Oh, okay. My bad, my bad. If you go saying? down to the 18th, that'll be awkward. I don't know what show's going on, but it won't be fighting. <laughs> It's Keith Sweat, always. <laughs> That's their default down there. If they don't have anything else, Keith, Keith Sweat, Sweat on the board. Uh, prediction, prediction. I predict that I will win the fight and that I will finish my opponent. And that is all. I do not believe that I can make a very specific prediction aside from that. All right, that's fair. Do you prefer one or the other? Do you prefer knocking somebody out? Do you prefer choking them out? Or you just you're just like, hey, a win's a win. Um, you know, I always say a win's a win, but I don't care if it's a a knockout or a submission. But at the end of the day, I want to finish everyone I fight. I like to have uh, a high finishing ratio, total victory, closure. Yeah. Well, traditionally, I mean, just. Whether it's mixed martial arts or boxing, like you just don't want to go to the cards because you just you just never know what judges are gonna are gonna do. Yeah, my last fight, I actually I started getting nervous because uh, after the fight was over, I was sure that I would win the decision, so I started celebrating. I kind of had my hands up. I'm jumping around, 
I even kind of yelled at my friends out in the crowd. And then I was like, oh, wait, the judges are like still deducting this. I could still lose this thing. Better put my hands down, maybe not look like a dick in a minute if I lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, I'm sure you you know this, but I'm just like, they. I still feel like they have to change the scoring system a little bit for mixed martial arts as opposed to boxing. Yeah. Um, so this just popped into my head and I'm going to bring it up. Right after my last fight, which went to a decision, there's this uh, kid at my gym who's always asking like just questions that seem impossible to answer and he had a profound one right after the fight when we were talking about how the decision was 29-28 in my favor uh, he said well do you think if the fight went on and there was no time limit do you think you would have eventually killed him or do you think he would have eventually killed you and I was like oh wow that's how fights should be judged yeah I felt like that was the, the idea of the scoring system I mean, essentially, it's like, who's going to die first if this thing continues? Right. Like, we have to stop it at some point, but which one of you would... Who prevails? ...wins, right? Who's a better fighter, yeah. But, I mean, that's some of that old school stuff, because, like, boxing goes, what, 12 rounds now? Yeah. And they used to go, like, I want to say, like, 15 yeah, or something. deep. But you look at those old, like, Ali and... Uh, oh, what's the... Frazier. Ali, yeah. Frazier. Yeah, like, I mean, they beat the crap out of each other. Like, to the point of, like, like one guy's going to quit and his corner's like, don't quit. And then the other guy's almost going to quit. And then it's like, all right, just walk out there. Like, just somebody throw in. Yeah, like, somebody throw a punch. Yeah, seriously. Cut me, Mick. At, right? <laughs> as we were talking about predictions, I just have one question I wanted to slip in. Being that it's the week of uh, McGregor Nurmagomedov, uh, what you got? Conor McGregor. By knockout? Probably. Wow. But, uh, disclaimer, folks. I am I'm like if Conor McGregor wins by knockout it will be what I just said because I that's my guess but if the fight happens and Khabib ragdolls him and throws him around and manhandles him like a little little bitch um not going to shock me either so I don't know but so you think I do it's think go it'll be a knockout one way or the other pretty big it's not going to be close uh, yeah, I, I don't believe it'll be a super close fight. I think that if it ends early, it ends in the favor of McGregor. And if it wears on, it is in the favor of Khabib. I also think that if Khabib gets his hands on him and makes it a physical altercation and not a striking match from a distance, that there will be uh, very little that Connor can do. That's great analysis. I was going to say the same thing. And Connor, remember, it's been, what, 23 months since he's been in a cage. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know the guy's the world-class athlete, trains that hard and stuff. I just, I still think there has to be some rust from not actually being in a fight in a cage. Well, and that's interesting that you say that, too, because one way that often manifests itself is that they're reticent to strike, and he's got to strike like crazy to keep Connor or to keep Nurmagomedov off of him, because that's what happened to, uh, was that Barbosa? Yeah, that the Nurmagomedov pressure in that fight coming. was nuts. Yeah, Khabib just did not stop walking forward. So even though, you know, Barbosa's a good striker, it's like... What are you going to do as soon as he gets a hold of you? And so that's the thing is it could manifest itself like that, too, if Connor's not just letting loose the, the hounds of war early. The argument is that uh, Barbosa's striking depended heavily on his kicks, mm -hmm. which require that kicks require you to be um, in a position of balance. And they're very hard to throw on the back foot where Connor's striking, um, although he does throw kicks, he's a lot more uh, he's a lot more of a boxer. His hands are better than. Uh, what was the guy's name you just said? Sorry, Barbosa. Barbosa. Yeah, Barbosa. Uh, so it was hard for Barbosa to land his effective strikes because he's on his back foot, where Connor is actually 
you know, capable of dropping someone or hurting them while moving away, which is really hard to do with a kick, but much easier to do with your hands. Yeah, that's a good point, because Barbosa's kicks were landing, but they weren't, like, with power. You know, you can't, like, turn that hip on it or whatever. I never really thought about that. I, You know, I will say this. I don't know if I want to watch fights with you. I prefer to, like, drink a beer and kind of bullshit my way through it. Like, ah, I need to do this or that. You're very clinical about your analysis. <laughs> no, I'm really, I'm really annoying to watch fights with. I tell everyone to shut up. <laughs> Listen, guys. Matt, I will say, one of the best fights I've seen in a long time was uh, Diaz-McGregor 2. Yeah. Right? And Matt and I were together with his girlfriend. Matt's girlfriend, by the way, I, this will sound sexist, but it, it kind of hurt me that like we were sitting in my <laughs> living room, and like she's talking about stuff like, God damn it. She knows more about this than I do, right? Like, I'm like, come over. We're watching the fight. I'm the expert. And then, like, yeah, Tyler definitely is above my level. But You're I was going to say, like, rip his head off. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's always my favorite guy in the arena. That was my favorite heckle, dude. I always yeah. Just re- beat his ass. Yeah. Uh, rip his head off is always my line. <laughs> the one I go to too much is that whenever somebody's in side control or whatever, or, or like, just I'm like, Hammerfest. Hammer fist. Hammers. It's like, dude, you're not helping. I I actually love it when people in the crowd start cornering me. It happens every now and then. Somebody that's got first row tickets will start, like, giving me advice in the middle of the fight. And I'm just so present. I hear them. Sometimes I try to, like, do it for them. Like, my last fight, I don't know who it was. Some woman was yelling, elbow, elbow. And I, I had the shot, so I just threw the elbow and it landed. And I looked up and we made eye contact for a second. She was so... Pumped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's an awesome story. You're that's that present. So cool. Ted, you'll get your hammer fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, I feel, now I'm really bummed I'm missing the fight. I'm going to be there. What should I? Yeah. You, you, want, you want some help? <laughs> hey, man, if you're close enough to help me out and you see a good shot, call it for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, again, uh, Cage Ford, uh, 53, uh, October 13th, down at the Emerald Queen Casino. Uh, Town Hammonds will be fighting there. Uh, I believe you're uh, right before the main event starts. Have you not seen the card? I have. I not was seen looking the card. at it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. He's on the other card. Yeah. somewhere in there. You're the highlight. <laughs> uh, Matt will be down there, so make sure uh, get tickets for that. And uh, you know what? That's always a great event. I can't. I, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about it a thousand times. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, right, it's t- awesome down there. It's way more fun, also than you would expect. I'll say that having gone to a couple of them. Like, yeah, it's a really good promotion and, and I as far love as I'm concerned. your job there because it's just to have fun. Yeah. Like Kenny, right, does all the all the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah, Ken Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kenny's got to get in there and actually do the announcing and everything. And he's super cool to talk to, and he's, like, really good at that. So, But if I was doing that, I'd be a nervous wreck. Like, doing doing that, you know, I was still a nervous wreck, but not as much. Once I, once I got there, it was pretty – I eased into it and just – yeah, tried to make the whole thing fun, so I'm excited about that. The best one I like was from the last fight. Uh, Brian was feeling a little, little under the weather, so he's, he's like, hey, I'm going to take off. Do me a favor. When we have the main event, when the guy wins, uh, you know, just I won't be there, so just jump in the picture with him. Like, So somebody from the promotion's in the picture. <laughs> and I was like, cool. But there's definitely a part where like other people are in the picture, and then there's a part where it's just the fight team. And I went in at the wrong time. <laughs> so it's like his fight team, and they just got a me standing there. And one guy, he's like almost looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing out here? <laughs> uh, all right, uh, you're going to hang out for a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Denver trip I just went on with uh, my brother and my buddy Will. Matt, you brought up Rivers earlier. And I was like, so I was down, we were down in Denver. And then on Saturday, we went up to Red Rocks. By the way, you know, you know who was sound checking at Red Rocks that day? 
Your point, I don't know. I'm going to throw out a couple, like, Grizz? Close. Big Gigantic. Big Gigantic. Dude, I've, I've been loving Big Gigantic. I like yeah. them better than Grizz now. So they're playing. Wow. So he's, they're they're going to play. Damn. So they it was Friday night. So we went over Saturday afternoon, and he's, he's sound checking, so you can't go down and actually see, like, the venue part. Uh, but there's, like, a museum there, and there's, like, a little bar or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool just to hear the sound check. So we get some beers there, talking to the waitress, and we were like, we we're like, is this bar open today, like for the show? And she's like, no, those people don't eat. Uh, <laughs> accurate. Right? <laughs> I was like, and then we start talking we about don't. Bass Nectar, who has been banned from Red Rocks, by the way. What? Yes. How? Because it's too much bass. Yeah, there's like, dude, these walls are going to fall down. That's wow. talent. You ever heard of Bass Nectar? Yep. Yeah. Dude sound checked it this year at Meltdown. At 9.30 in the morning. Now, when you, if we watch Big Gigantic the night before, some of us may have stayed up until like 6 a.m., whatever. That, that was an aggressive wake-up call. <laughs> he was shattering worlds. Yeah. So he got, he got banned from Red Rocks. Just, then, wow. I know. Wild, right? So we're talking about that, and then we went over to Golden, Colorado, where uh, Coors, like the factory is. Yeah. So they have a river that literally rides right in. Like you've seen it in the commercials and goes right into the factory. So me and Will and my brother, we all dipped our toes in the river. So everybody out there, next time you enjoy a cold course light, know that my feet have been in that water. <laughs> Some Smith feet for you. Also, the river was awesome. You could like walk. Golden, Colorado is a beautiful little town. But the water was so cold. And like I've been in some Ooh, cold river. Yeah. I mean, Cobb, to the point of like after a few minutes, it's like I think my toes are going numb. Like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, that glacier melt, man. Like, when it's moving, I mean, it's probably just above freezing or right at, you know? Yeah, and Colorado's wild, dude. Friday night at Oktoberfest in Denver, which I highly recommend. Great time. Uh, it was freezing. I was in jeans, a hoodie, and a beanie, right? And some people were kind of laughing at us. Like, you boys cold? But it was legit cold. <laughs> it had to be like 40-something. Like, you could see your breath. And then the next day, we were in Golden. It was almost 90. Almost 90? Yes. There was like Whoa. a 30-degree change Good. between the two days. Wow. And everybody in Colorado is just kind of like, yeah, man, that's Colorado. Jesus. Yeah. Did anybody SWAT team you? No. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Rowan asked me today. No. They hadn't listened. I will say, though, we did not eat one sausage or one uh, hot dog. We had right. a lot. There you go. All, we, we would have solid breakfast and then, like, let's get some wings. Yeah. Boneless? With? Oh, with the bones. I've, did we ever finally come to a conclusion on that? On if they don't have bones, if their wings or not? Grown up nuggets. Talon, what, what are your thoughts on this? Is there such thing as a boneless chicken wing, or are people just eating tenders? Uh, no, sir. There's no such thing as a boneless chicken wing. Thank you. Are they tenders? Nuggets? Is there a difference? They're a disgrace. At <laughs> <laughs> a boy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> damn. I mean, I've ordered. This man doesn't like nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> what were you say, Ted? If there's no bone in it, it didn't come from an animal. So that. <laughs> I mean, I was like, man, I've, I've ordered boneless ones. Like, <laughs> I've ordered the nuggets before, and I bitched about it, but now I feel like a bitch the way you just put it. <laughs> it's a disgrace. <laughs> next, By the way, anybody listening to the podcast, next time your friend goes, let's get boneless, you go, that's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him with an automatic straight red man card. Gone. Uh, no, Denver was awesome. No SWAT team. I sent Matt a picture of the most giant Rice Krispie treats. Those looked so good. Yeah. But they also looked like the edibles. Like I, I was like, those must have weed in them because it's Colorado. I realized they probably didn't, but I feel like in the last 10 years, most of my Rice Krispie treats that I've eaten have had weed in them. Yeah. Well, it's we, like Oktoberfest, right? Like they had, like, so we had the giant steins mm-hmm. that are like... I don't know, 32 ounces or some crap. Like, there, there's a lot of beer in this. 
So, like, for adults, you walk around drinking those. And then this one stand just had, like, had to be, like, 32-ounce root beer floats in these giant oh. Russ Krispie treats. So you're like, all right, for a kid, that's the equivalent of us drinking this much beer. Yeah, or a stoner. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> put my hand up yeah, over yeah, here. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, their weed rules are a little bit different than ours. You got to go through, like, a lot of closed doors. Wait, so how – yes, I, I bought on the first day it was legal there. But wait, so with the beer, how do you – do you just walk around with your own glass and they'll just fill you up at different spots or how does that work? No, like uh, Chris – my brother went online and you can like pre-order them. So then you get like a – I think you get like the first fill of it is is free if you order the Stein. Mm-hmm. And then it's basically like you buy tickets, kind of like it right. was at the Texas State Fair. So one ticket is a regular beer. Two tickets get you a Stein. But are they refilling your same Stein? Oh, yeah. Around? Okay, that's what I was wondering about. Yeah. There's some cool ones too with the little like um, the little like thumb pole that ha- like some of them have like a little metal anvil. Oh, like on a the top, top on it. Yeah, they have like a top that you kind of hit with your thumb, almost like an old school kettle. And then some will have like a little animal on the top, like a boar or a, you know a deer. Yeah, these are like just traditional giant glass ones. That's Talon, awesome. Talon, you drink beer at all? Uh, no, I don't. All right, are you it's old? A disgrace, enough? Ted. Yeah, yeah, I'm 26. All I right. don't. I don't drink any alcohol. All right. Uh, period. Point blank. <laughs> <laughs> all right and you like bones in your meat <laughs> how do you feel about these giant rice krispie treats uh the bigger the rice krispie treat the better all there's right. no limit on that <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, you know what i forgot to ask you what's like a meal you like to get after you're done the fight you're done on the way cut is there something you like to go out and eat uh yes specifically chicken wings I like to go right. to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. That's kind of become the tradition at West Coast after fights. Um, and then I spend about a week eating any disgusting thing that I can find to put in my mouth. Uh, I make ice cream sandwiches out of donuts. Oh, I wow. deep fry everything in my house. It just goes down. <laughs> well, I know Drew uh, Brokenshire. He's like an IHOP guy or something after fights, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He loves breakfast food. <laughs> Me too. What's Pancakes to and everything. <laughs> Yeah, nothing. There's nothing not to love. Yeah. Breakfast is good pretty much any time. I yeah. mean, ch- chicken wings I love, but if I had to pick one meal to only like, you could only have this one meal. I would take breakfast for sure, as yeah. opposed to like lunch or dinner. Yeah, it's it's just hard to determine if I'm going to go sweet or savory every time I'm out there deciding. Like, there's always so many good omelets, and there's all sorts of pancake stacks and waffles and French toast. It's yeah, just, you really can't f- up. You yeah, can't, you can't disappoint yourself. I don't. You know, I think pancakes are overrated. No, you're right. Depends on the pancakes. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of bad, cheap pancakes out there. Don't get it twisted. But, I mean, you know, like the, on some of those like more like – what's the right word? Like the truck stop pancakes, like those big like buttermilk ones, fire. Oh, my God. Have you guys ever been to the Black Bear Diner in Puyallup? No. No, but Road? I have heard about it so many times. <laughs> I feel like you got to go there. I'm telling you, those pancakes will change your life. Damn, All right. Hell, yeah. Maybe that's the new North Bend Bar and Grill. Sounds like South End, South End version, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, also, I tell people if you go to Denver, uh, we stay down in Lodo, which is like Soto, but there's a right. I know Lower Downtown or South of Downtown. Shout Teapot Town. There's a place called Sam's Number Three. If you want a giant breakfast that's actually good, or you want, and and they have a bar in there, like this place is awesome. It's been on like every show at wherever, but like we went into the bar and the bartenders were so nice and like moving people around. But the, the eggs Benedict I got, man, there was like fresh avocado on. I mean, the plate was giant. And the guy was like, that's how we, that's our small one. <laughs> like, damn. That's how we do it. Yeah, like my buddy Will was giving me crap. Like, you barely ate your breakfast. And I was like, 
I ate my damn breakfast, <laughs> man. Like, did you see the size of that portion? Man, I had a... Uh, it was like a New Orleans om- or Benedict with pulled pork on it this weekend. It was so damn good at the Issaquah Cafe. But is that a normal thing, like pork Benedict's being called New Orleans? I don't know. Okay. I know when I lived back in Maryland, we used to get some that would have like Maryland blue crab meat on it. Oh, nice. And then like the egg and the uh, holidays. God I damn would it. say in general, I feel like the, the French don't use a ton of Just so you guys know, I am cutting weight. Yeah, I know. I was like, we're (laughs) killing this poor guy. We're going to keep talking about stuff. All right. uh, I just wanted to say again, Denver was an awesome time. I highly recommend it. And it's a short, pretty pretty cheap Uber ride out to Red Rocks or to Golden. So if you go down there, uh, shout out to my buddy Will for making us go. I would have stayed at goddamn Sam's all day drinking beer and eating giant portions of stuff. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. Cobb, do do we have something else we're going to talk about? No, I mean not really. We are neighbors. We're about to be neighbors now. That's kind of that's cool. pretty exciting. But uh, no, what what else? I don't know. I feel like we were talking about something outside. That you were like, oh, let's make sure we. I think we we're just talking about the golden, the, the trip down there. Can I go take a leak? Yeah, man. Go <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead, and then we'll come back. We'll read some emails. Cool. Oh man, Ted, Matt's gone. What are we going to possibly talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you eating now while you're cutting weight? Is it just plain? Is it as plain as I think it would be? Uh, I meal prep every Sunday, and my meals, essentially, I'm having, like, a protein shake in the morning, and then I've got fruit that I eat throughout the day to keep my sugars kind of leveled out, and, uh, you know, bags of broccoli and bags of tomatoes, or I'll substitute in other vegetables, and then always, uh, about midway through the day, I've got, like, a portion of some kind of meat. Right now, it's chicken because it's real close to the fight so it's leaner uh not excited about that and then um can't tell yeah coming home coming (laughs) home i i you know i actually i cut weight pretty easily i make 145 relatively easily i complain a lot but it's easier for me than a lot of guys so i can still eat like a like a big juicy steak when i get home and i still make weight um what do you walk around at i'm walking around uh just a little under 160 okay all right it's like big cut but not insane cut it's no, about, and I feel like that's about where you want to be, you know, solve your energy. Yeah, and I've had uh, like legitimate conversations with my coaches before about possibly going down to 135, and Oof. yeah, that was the that's a long Oof. drop. That, <laughs> that's, I mean, it's nice having that strength advantage, you know, but God, that's a long way to drop. And it, a lot of, don't a lot of guys get concussion when they do like big, big weight drops often because they're dehydrated? Yeah, that's the only real fear for me is the extra dehydration. Uh, the more you dehydrate yourself, the less fluid, I believe, there is around your brain. And therefore, the easier it is for that thing to go flying into your skull. Yep, that would make a lot of sense if it wasn't, there wasn't any pressure in there. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about that today on the men's room. Somebody said, something, oh, you know what? I started talking about goddamn goats again. Go and then, yoga? Well, I just, you know me, I, I hate the goats because that one Taryn has. You hate oh, goats in wait, general? Wait, hold on. Yeah. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. I want to know. He just, he headbutts you the whole time. <laughs> and he's like, rear awesome. it up. And it seems awesome, but imagine, like, I mean, it's a goat and he's got <laughs> horns. So after a while, it's just like, boo, boo, like, get the f*** away from me. <laughs> like, put him back in the cage. <laughs> so that's why I don't like goats. But anyhow, I was saying, how come goats, like, like, is there something different about their skull that they can run around headbutting everything, right? Yes, there is. There is something different about their skulls. So that's what I'm saying. Like, because our brain is just like basically sitting in a bowl of jello. You, you yeah. don't want to bump the sides. Yeah, definitely. You know how hummingbirds survive? <laughs> Hard cut? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, well, because our hummingbirds, sorry, woodpeckers. Because woodpeckers, you would also think like. I have actually really wondered about this. 
All right, so they apparently they have a giant tongue that somehow like wraps around their skull an extra time, so when they're pecking the wood, it won't hurt their brain. Dude, I don't even know what you just said to me. Their <laughs> tongue wraps <laughs> around their head on the outside or the on inside? On the inside. It has to be on the inside. I think it's on the inside. It goes up in it's like the top of their mouth around pillow. their brain, wraps around it, and then they peck at this tree. And that's what keeps gives extra like padding so that it won't bump the side of their skull and they won't get concussions. And their brain's just in there like a shake weight. Yeah. But I've also heard- You're right. You just blew my mind. Look, I got it from somebody off the text line during the men's room. I've also heard that goats, apparently, older goats have, like, dementia because they do have some problems. <laughs> it's like old uh, linemen from the NFL, you know? Yeah. Like at I mean, a certain point, it's just biology takes over. Yeah. You know what, Talon? We'll hang out outside of here. We'll go play with that ass <laughs> goat. See how you feel about it. I, he I, sounds look, like I'm a born a, fighter. I might like him. Maybe we uh, could hang out. I'm just waiting. I mean, don't tell Taryn this. Hopefully she doesn't listen. I'm just waiting. As soon as I find out that thing's dead, we're, we're cooking it. <laughs> Dude, what I was going to say is, Ted, I think you need to assert dominance, headbutt that thing back. No, sir. I've already, I've already got had, to want to be a champion, I've Ted. had like six concussions. I can't, you can't get like a You've seven. got the reach advantage? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the only way I can control him, grab his little horns. <laughs> what Look, Ted, to- you've got the grappling. Okay, you've got the reach advantage, weight advantage. Like, come on. Thumbs. Thumbs. I won't lie. When that, Matt, you've seen him. Yeah. When he rears up, you're just like, God damn it. and then the other look I don't want to go on a whole tirade but the other problem is too is when he's next to you he'll just like rub his head into you right but then he pulls back and his horns like hook your leg why don't you just like uh, do uh, I don't know if that would help but like just put him down once you know because he's exactly what Talon said like the guy I think he's just looking like oh there's another dude here so I think (laughs) if I tore him down he probably would get more riled up he just wants to fight I think you should hook him up (laughs) I think you should just get another goat with horns and then I'll go over there and watch him fight it all the time how big is this goat a full size or mini goat no boo boo's like but didn't she get another goat she did, but it's a female, and her horns are tiny. And they don't, he doesn't, boo-boo doesn't wrestle her? I don't think it's enough action. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I don't, he doesn't headbutt all the women. Like, it's specifically, like, if any of us show up there, like, and he's out, like, he'll, he'll make a bean line and start headbutting. I've heard, like, the best thing you can do with, like, a, an aggressive goat is get him a pig companion. Because I guess they just get along, and the goat wants to, like, guide the pig around and show him where to go. That was a strangely like precise piece of knowledge you just dropped on us. <laughs> I said, Are I you was... messing with us? <laughs> no, I'm not messing with you. My uh, my aunt just had like a just a ridiculous giant pig, and she had a goat too, and they were best buds. She told me that she got the goat for the pig. I assume it works the other way around. <laughs> Maybe or Boo Boo probably just headbutt the dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Kyle, let's read some emails. Okay. Dude, you know when someone says something that just like, like you can just feel the inherent truth in it? That <laughs> Ted made about being a corgi is still with me. Like, as he stood up, I was like, God damn, the man's a corgi. <laughs> it's like, I've been laughing about it the whole damn cast. Uh, hey, fellas, and cheers to the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the, the land. land. I want to hit you guys up about your conversation regarding Serena Williams' meltdown. Ted and Matt, I totally disagree with your points regarding the referee inserting himself into the match uh, and the flow-on effect of that. I agree with Cobb that the third penalty is totally on Serena. Ted Ted mentioned that she wouldn't have been there if the first penalty wasn't applied, and you linked it uh, to a murder that wouldn't have happened if uh, if they weren't born and so on. This is just wrong. In life, things will always go against us at some stage, and many of them could be unjust. 
It is how we respond to that and move forward. I like to liken things like this to road rage. Someone may cut us off on the road. We can either retaliate by tailgating, then that person brake checks us. Next thing, you've rear-ended them, and they are out of their car trying to assault you. This happens regularly, day-to-day on our roads. I live in Australia, LOL. Uh, this could have been avoided by just accepting that people may make mistakes and sometimes incorrect decisions, but the flow-on effect and resulting penalties uh, moments are on us. Anyway, that's just my thoughts. Cheers, fellas, and love to the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the, the land. land. Sean, a.k.a. the Flaming Cooch Brewer. Cho- chooch Brewer? My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other problem is, too, though, like, Serena is right. Like, would he doctor that game or whatever for, like, like for the, basically for the stuff she said to the ref, like, guy, male players say this stuff all the time, and it's not an issue. So it's like, right, technically he's okay, but that's what I was saying. This was also the same U.S. Open where one girl or woman took her shirt off because it was inside out and put it back on. And the goddamn uh, judge, like, got her in trouble. And it's like, male players sit on the court shirtless. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't Double know. Double standard. Right. It's a woman dripped in sweat that you saw her sports brawl for, like, barely two seconds. Like, that's on End you. End of the world. Right? Like, that's on you if that's too uh, titillating for you. I have nipples too, Ted. Can you milk me? <laughs> right? I just love that movie. Um, and, like, uh, I, this guy shouldn't watch women's uh, MMA. That's basically what they're wearing. Yeah. Um, we did get another email that um, I, I don't have it tagged. We had another email that was pro you guys. I just want to make sure that that person knows I'm not covering theirs up. I just can't find it right now. Conspiracy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd love some advice from the best podcast in all the land. All, all the, the land. land. So me and my girlfriend have been dating for four years. Her best friend, this, is, this could get interesting. Okay, her best friend and my best friend started dating about six months ago. They are now engaged. I personally think it's not going to last forever, but I want them to be happy. On the other hand, my girlfriend is pissed, probably because we've been dating so long and her best friend is now engaged. I don't know what to think, uh, and I'd love some unbiased opinions. I'd like this to be anonymous. And then he put his name. Much love from KCMO. Kansas City, Missouri. That's not initials. Uh, We've got Australia and Kansas City going to Here's the first thing I would say is, uh, if this is your best friend, like, did he run it by you before after six months of, and then he pops the question? Like, like your buddy puts you in kind of a bad spot here. Here's the thing, though. That's water under the bridge at this point, Ted. Right. It's because I don't want to stop the flow. No. I know. Well, just my, my man's in, in this spot right now, so now what should he do? <sighs> I don't know. I What's mean, the play here? I mean. I, I, the obvious answer is just to get married. Yeah. <laughs> just, just marry her. You're going to have to Just because his best friend is... <laughs> no. That's just his best friend jumped No, he's got to get married, buy a house, and have a kid all before this wedding happens. Yeah, you got to beat <laughs> them. Silly answer. Yeah, I mean, dude, like, here's the deal. I think as, I think as guys sitting around talking about it, we can go like, yeah, like, why does that matter? Like, I love you, you love me. Like, if, like eventually it'll work out if it works out. But I don't think you could say that to your girlfriend. <sighs> uh yeah, there's, it's a, <laughs> they're both right. Talon's right. Like the, the easiest path is to just be like, yeah, we should get married too, because that's clearly where she's at. But yeah, your friend kind of, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't run that by you. And you'd be like, well, I've been dating my girl for four years. I don't know. You kind of know it's over. not going to work, though, if they're getting married after six months. Like, like, if they're getting married, they got their whole time too. Like, it shouldn't be a problem for your friend to be like, oh, yeah, I'll just wait. You know, but uh, yeah, so. And you don't want to cheer against their marriage, but. If they, if their marriage only doesn't last a year, like your your girlfriend's gonna understand and you can your say, point. I told you so, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is always great in relationships too. They love hearing <laughs> that. <laughs> they love it. 
Yeah. I don't. Oh, what do you do in that situation? I, I mean, don't know. I just I don't want to get engaged just because it feels like I have to. Yeah, you got to level with your girlfriend and maybe don't cast doubt on their relationship in the process if you can help it. Yeah, I would say a lot of things in life are sort of like sandcastles. And I would say that instead of looking over at how tall their castle is getting and how quick, I would focus on your own and making sure you lay a strong foundation for it. Because at some point, you know, if their sandcastle collapses or if it doesn't, it doesn't really affect what you're building. And so I would say that, you know, also within life, uh, we feel like we need to be on the uh, that there is one sort of like uh, average timeline for things to happen. But we're all on our own timeline, you know, and you see uh, people achieve different things at different ages and it doesn't really matter. Maybe you'll live to be 95 and maybe he'll live another, you know. 20 years or something. And so it's like we're all at different points in our life, but there's no way of knowing. So I would say just be yeah, on your own timeline. Right. That's what he, um, what, what he's doing should have literally zero effect on your decision or your relationship. I also think just from the jump, this was a bad idea. Both best friends getting <laughs> Get together. Get out now. Like, yeah. I'm just, like, who <laughs> puts them together? They just randomly meet. <laughs> how, long was the, how long was the original uh, emailers? Did they say how long they've been together, not four, married? Four years. Okay. I'm going to put this out there because I was with my current fiance for about uh, four years, just about before we were engaged. There should definitely at some point have been a conversation about your feelings about marriage before her friends started getting married and making her jealous. You probably should have let her know that you were either never going to get married because you have something against the institution or that it wasn't going to happen for a very long time. This is something that should have been established and understood and communicated in a fair way. Wow. Shockingly insightful. Yeah. yeah. Accurate. Yeah, most of the advice I give, I'm 37 and still single, so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I always want to put that out there for anybody yeah. listening. Like, Dude, that's my favorite part. <laughs> like, I got a lot of thoughts. Also have bad relationships. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, be prepared to give some more of them. Uh, hey, guys. So I wrote in a couple weeks ago and mentioned that I'm unsure about my boyfriend. Well, I tried a couple of times to write an email giving all the main points, but no matter what I did, it was going to be the length of a college essay. Thank you for not. So I'll just give you the most interesting, juicy part, I guess, and ask you guys a question. Two years ago now, we broke up for a few days. We haven't since, but it ended uh, with having an open relationship. Just a don't ask, don't tell setup. Pretty much just for me. And uh, that works for, uh, for now for both of us. He's seen some stuff early on and no freakouts. But my question is, do you think a relationship can last where sex is a task? Actually, I'll follow up. Is it my job to decide what's fair to him? Uh, it's an open relationship, so we can go outside, uh, but, we both, but we both have herpes, so it's a lot more difficult. Uh, that's one of the biggest things that I can ask uh, pretty simply. It's just sex. We're best friends. Hardly fight. Lately, it's been tense, but that's because my depression is always worse during the summer. Uh, wow, that's actually shocking. Never, uh, never violence, and we've taken care of each other during some really bad medical times. The sex, uh, and we have an agreement that if we aren't in the process of moving in five years, in what was five years, three now, when I'm 25, uh, I'm going to work on moving out of the state. Uh, in, uh, if you're in a rush, feel free to cut off there. But it's just not there fig- uh, physically. Uh, he's a big guy, which I don't mind, uh, and I'm only saying that because I live far away. It, okay, this goes into – well – It's literally under three inches. It's smaller than the width of my hand, and no other skills make up for it. And I tried to teach him stuff. I'm bi, so I know how to explain it. But he has zero endurance for anything. I thought size wouldn't matter, but after it never got better, that's why I left two years ago. I wasn't going to be a cheater. 
I appreciate any advice and whatnot from all three of you. And I'm going to leave the name off, but this person's emailed before. Oh, that's hard. And that sucks. Or maybe it wasn't. That's part of the problem. <laughs> Sorry. What you got now, Ted? So, uh, I will say this. I, I don't think sex is everything in a relationship, but I think it can definitely be a, a, a breaker. You know what I mean? A deal breaker? Deal, I don't know. I couldn't come up with deal for some reason. Yeah, deal breaker. Sure. Some people, I mean, even in guys, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't need to know. But between the four of us, there's going to be four different sex drives, right? So if you're in a relationship and one person is very, like, I like to have sex this many times a week or this or that, and then the other person doesn't, like, it, that to me can be an issue, like a serious issue. You know what I mean? Everybody has a different idea of what intimacy is. Yeah. I've dealt with that on some levels throughout various points of my life, and it definitely leads to friction. Like, and maybe I'm to blame for that. Maybe I have a and too high of a sex drive for the no girls, such thing. for my yeah, ex girlfriends. Like, like, you know what I mean? But like, so I think it can definitely cause some problems to not be be have, be sexually satisfying each other. Um, so, I mean, that's tough. But it sounds like. Even if you guys are having an adequate amount, she's still not going to get sexual satisfaction from him. And maybe the fact that it's an open relationship can provide enough room for that to still work. But So what should she do? That's really the question uh, here. I mean, I think she knows, right? Because, I mean, there, there's other things in there besides just the sex part, but it's like you, you probably know. And, I mean, I, right? Like this, I, if you've emailed us a few times about it, like, you, you know. I'd recommend I, the book Crucial Conversations. <laughs> I think um, you should. I think you should sit for a, just a moment and ask yourself: Is it imperative to me that satisfying sex is a part of my relationship? And if it is, end that relationship. And if it is not, and you're okay with sex literally not being part of your relationship, like you two do not have sex with each other then you can continue that relationship and it does not have to involve sex if you do not want it to. But Yeah. Well, uh, I think part of her frustration too is like she gave him directions and could not follow yeah. them. And, right. Like Oh, yeah. that's huge. <laughs> Put in a little effort for her. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll tell you you gotta figure it out, but man. I would love that's, directions. That's good communication <laughs> right there on her part. Right, because most guys think they know how to do everything and like uh, Oh, I always just ask. Yeah. Does this Best feel policy. good? Do you like yeah. that? What are you into? Why not? Well, and you're already like, naked you're together. Right. Like you can't really get more exposed than that, you know. Well, that's the other thing I always guys tell are people. weirdly quiet with sex related things. Yeah, I I stole this from a porn star, but it's like, all right, if it's too small, or let's say you drank too, like whatever. You, let's say your penis doesn't work for the night. It's like, well, you still have a naked woman in that bed. Like, I'm pretty sure you can figure out something to do with that body. <laughs> I hope so. Right. Ted, I love the way you're talking that to me right wonderful. now. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, boys. God damn, that was quite a summer. Anyway, Cobb topic. Uh, Cobb asked what beneficial thing people could learn in 30 minutes, and I got a great answer. Falling. There's actually an art on how to fall. I learned it back in the day from martial arts and circus work. Ted might have learned this, in uh, too, in jiu-jitsu. There's basically two techniques, slap falls and rolls. I won't go into the details here, but these skills can honestly save your life or help you avoid some serious injury. It sounds hyperbolic, but I stand by it. Cheers, the Ginger Ninja. Rolls kind of makes sense. Slap falls like getting as much surface area as possible on your back. 
Talon? Oh, yeah. We used to, when I was that that yeah. young, the, you need to break dance and call them suicides. We, we should ask Talon. <laughs> the idea behind a slap fall when I was first taught it is that you're meeting the force of the ground coming to your back with force coming back to it from your arms. So instead of just the ground hitting you, you are also hitting the ground and neutralizing some of that uh, momentum that's coming With up your, your arms back. outstretched yeah, and your, your palms down at the ground? Yeah, literally just slapping the ground as hard as you can as you make contact. Huh. Um, it is an effective way to minimize damage from the fall. In fighting, it's uh, not great because your arms are not protecting you. Gotcha. But yes, really good if you're just falling. Yeah, <laughs> right. I like that. Not for fighting. <laughs> Your arms yeah. aren't there. Yeah, that's like I have a buddy that's a high level uh, jujitsu practitioner. Pra- mm. He's good at jujitsu, <laughs> <laughs> and I always ask him. I'm like, why? Why don't you transfer over into like uh, like fighting and stuff? He's like, because it's different when there's a guy in full mount punching you. <laughs> yeah, like, totally different game, yeah. different animal. Um, to the uh, yeah, yeah, and being good at falling, like being athletic and being good at falling, kind of goes hand in hand with. There was another email about um, scooters, which I'll write, I'll write back to you. It's just a bunch of technical questions about scoots, but um, but yeah, same thing. Like when he says it can help save your life, sometimes like just like falling with a little bit of grace can help a lot. Like when I longboarded, I know being able to fall was really helpful. Uh, to the Grace Podcast and all the land, all, all the land. land. By the way, uh, Denver had those electric scooters. The birds? Yes. Did you get on that? I did not. So fun. Uh, somebody in our crew did. <laughs> Dude, people have been eating shit, no, too. They couldn't figure it out. And the next morning, we were like, thank God you didn't get on that thing. Dude, the uh. YouTube videos are just endless. <sighs> They're rolling in. I mean, there's been some serious accidents, but most of them are just hilarious. Just yard sales. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to go into it, but just check out the internet. Uh, to the greatest part. <laughs> I won't do that again. Sorry. On traveling, when my dad passed, uh, he said he only had one regret that he didn't get to see everything he wanted to. When I shared that with my wife, we decided to make a list of all the places we would regret not seeing before we died and are currently working on checking that off. That's awesome. Uh, this year we spent two weeks in Utah seeing and hiking all the national parks they had to offer. Nice. Cool. Damn, dude. Hell yeah. Uh, and are planning on Wyoming and South Dakota next year. We've been to over half the contiguous uh, United States and are working on knocking them all off the list. We've also uh, been to Germany, Denmark, Hong Kong, Japan, China, Philippines, Thailand, Singapore, Australia, Mexico, Canada, Hawaii, and Alaska. Y'all sound like sex tourists, Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) Shannon. Wasn't going to say it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, traveling's great. I mean, even just, you know, within the country, like, I I can't explain to you, like, how beautiful Golden was. I mean, it looked like it was out of a movie, like a Wild West town. You guys want one more? Uh, Nah. Let's so, move over. Go. Cool. Oh, that's, <laughs> your segment. That's you, Matt. big guy. Your segment. Hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's Matt hey, hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Check out what's Matt. Hey, hey what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's Matt Hey, what's good? What's Matt? Whoa. Check out what's Matt Well, uh, I had a great weekend. Pretty action-packed, not super relaxing, but that's okay because I had a great time. Uh, and life's awesome, so that's that's makes it worth it. Uh, sacrifice sleep for that. But uh, Friday and Saturday, we saw 10 bands in three different venues, starting with our boy Josh Clawson, uh at Fremont Abbey Arts Center, and he was doing an acoustic set. That place had a really cool vibe for that, and he had a bunch of different musicians kind of cycling up and... Uh, right. Coming up on stage, and 
That was really cool. We saw Bill and Sophia there from our Meltdown nice. group. Didn't expect that, but that was cool. And then we shot down to the high dive for uh, Jake from 10 Miles Wide. It has a ska band called the Pimpsons, who are super rad. It was my first time seeing them. Tyler's seen them before, uh, but I had to go to work that time. So they were playing with a couple of Jake's friends from Portland, Maine, a band called The Worst, who were not The Worst. They were actually really, really cool. And Sea Peoples. Uh, so we caught those bands. Only Portland, by, Portland, Maine, Portland, by the way. Maine, the the other. best Portland. <laughs> they would probably agree with that. Yeah. I haven't been. So the first. The first. They definitely said that. Um, I'm just harassing Timbers fans. Oh, that's right. You have that. You Second. have that. I'm like, I kind of like Portland, Oregon. Like, I mean, I'm not enough. <laughs> the Sounders ran some commercials yeah. this year with Levesque, and he was like, I love Portland, this and that. Portland, Maine. <laughs> the best Portland. <laughs> Watch us play the second best Portland. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, yeah, so both, all those bands, that was just a really fun night. And then Saturday we went out to White River for Scallywag Fest, which was so much chiller than Pain in the Grass. <laughs> it yeah. was, they had, they had, the lawn wasn't open. You could only go in on the one side uh, off to the left from the main gate. And it was, you know, not crazy crowded but a good crowd a great turnout for did you get there early yeah we saw every band did were you there in time i mean i know you don't but did you get there in time for like all the beer stuff no we got there as the mad caddies were like in their second they they were we were walking up and they started this thing was like a beer festival slash like uh you know concert right but it was weird because the beer part was all like early in the day and I was like, man, if I went to a beer thing, like, there's no way I'm making a 9.30 call for... Uh, for bad religion. For bad religion. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be asleep in the yeah, car. Yeah, that's what we were thinking. And we got there. I didn't even... It just looked like regular White River Amphitheater. I don't know what they're, where all these craft beers were or what they were doing. I mean, like, they had regular beer stands with craft beers available, but I, I think, feel like I White think River... I the beer part must have just been early in the day. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there was a thing that started at noon, so uh, we did <laughs> that's not... brutal. We did what? not get there at noon. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's what I would say, dude. Like, if you got there at noon for craft beers, there's there's no way I'm watching a band that goes they on had at night. Rock stars, I was digging that. I mean, yeah, great one tastes like Diamond Tap, which I always liked. That was my favorite part of getting Diamond Tap was dope when I was a kid. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, is that the purple cough syrup? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay, I remember that. Stuff. Yeah, uh, and the orange one tastes like Fanta too. So it was, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> So the purple cough syrup? Yes. That's what we're talking about. It's the best. Uh, Shout out to Dimatap. Right? Shout out to the little pump. <laughs> Dimatap on the track. What do they all drink? Activists. I didn't, I didn't have that. No, there's, that's the one. They, they drink the codeine stuff. Oh, okay. I'm just being a smart ass. Yeah, I don't keep up with the rap these days. Um, but Yeah, so then we saw, let's see, it was Mad Caddies. Then less than Jake, who are so goddamn good live. That was our second time seeing both those bands. We, when we flew down to Huntington Beach for Back to the Beach, both those bands were on that bill, too. And they were both super awesome. And less than Jake just puts on a great show, interacting with the crowd and stuff. Um, they, brought a band, they brought a couple on stage to make out for their an entire song for one of the ballads and like brought a kid up on stage at a mohawk. And it was just like really interactive and fun and calling people in the crowd out. They didn't make out for like the whole three minute song. The whole song, yep, yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty pretty awesome. Like you just think we you got, got an emailer who'd be into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like man, that's a lot of it's a long time to make out. Like if I'm not about to have sex, so yeah, was, and then a lot of people watching too. So I was just yeah, good for them. Chapped lips. <laughs> they did. They did well. Yeah. Shout out to lips. 
<laughs> no, you said chapped lips. Oh, I thought you were like, shout out to lips. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was Mad Caddies, Less Than Jake, then the Interrupters, who were super awesome. They're actually in studio on Friday, it turns out, but I didn't get to see them up here. Um, and then Real Big Fish, which was uh, one of the first ska bands I ever listened to, and Tyler's a huge fan of them. We had a lot of fun. Some, we were like... The pit during a ska, the ska parts of the show was very, like, friendly and open, and people were dancing around and jumping around, not, like, slamming into each other, like, during Slayer or even during Pennywise later in the night. But um, some guy f- ran into Tyler and, like, knocked her pretty good, and then she pushed him. And I just watched it. It's like, hey, she can handle herself. You know, and she pushes him back, and then he runs back at her, and she just grabs him and pulls him down to the ground. And what I was a savage. Yeah, I was waiting for her to start socking him, but she just left it at that, and he just you know left with his tail between his legs. It was super badass. Oh, that's so awkward. Did you for get that a dude? boner? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was very like, I'm gonna go have sex with her later. That's so cool. Like, yeah, I was. Like I said, man, she is hot. A, she is a MMA fan for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so that was like you didn't put him in a pee trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was badass. And then uh, Pennywise played later, and they were like kind of hometown heroes growing up in Manhattan Beach. They're from Hermosa Beach, and you know that was my punk rock prime back then. And they were just you know the coolest. And they played Homesick, which is all about that area, and bro him. And I was just you know it just brings me back like twenty years. It's kind of crazy to go that far back. You know, when you're hearing those songs. So that was cool. And then Taryn had a very similar experience during Bad Religion right after that. So I got to see Taryn. I got to watch Taryn's third favorite band with Taryn, which was a real treat. Uh, and, yeah, we just had a great night. Nice. So, uh, yeah, and then Sunday, uh, I hung out with my friend Colin, who has Down Syndrome. And he's the friend who I was like, I have a friend that loves T-Rexes. He talks about them all the time. <laughs> oh, man, my <laughs> bad. I thought we were talking about Lance. No, no. I was just... <laughs> I just yeah, I was just having fun casually throwing that because he does he he has the new Jurassic Park. He show up and he's like watching scenes on YouTube and reenacting them with his toy guns and like he's ahead of all the lines. He's saying all the lines a couple seconds before they hit and just like yeah, having me play along. So that was super fun. He came over and uh, we watched the Hawks game and had some cheese pizza and you know just a, a great day. And uh, yeah, that was that was the weekend. And then it was time for more work. So. Back in it again, but had an awesome three-day blur there that just kind of flew by again. Yeah, I got off the plane and got in a cab, and there was like two minutes left in the Seahawks game. I was like, hey, man, can you put it on? And then uh, Janikowski kicks that thing to go through. So I'm in the cab, and I just I just tweeted out, Seabass. <laughs> <laughs> right? And a couple people were like, F him. This and, and in my head, I'm going, why? Game he, winner. Right, he, game winner. Like, what is the issue? And then I found out that he had missed two kicks already that day. <sighs> yes. Town, you a uh, football fan? I'm in Seattle, so I'm going to say this quietly. No. <laughs> That's all right. Fair <laughs> enough. I was like, I'm busy. Yeah. I will still recommend going to a game, though. It's a ton of fun. No, the, the games, the, oh, my bad. The games out here sound crazy. Uh, everybody I know that goes to football games, they'll tell me that it's like the nuttiest thing, that it's crazier than going to fights. The energy level is just, you know, through the roof. So I have actually kind of wanted to go and do one of those, but. Yeah, I was telling him last week. I went to the first one I'd been to in like five or six years, and it, I forgot. I was like, God damn, like these people are pumped. That's a spectacle. <laughs> I'll it say is. this. The it's first a... time I saw live fights, and Drew was fighting, 
So, and we'd had him on. He's a super cool guy. So I was just like really amped up for his fight. And when he came out, like that was the most excitement I've ever felt at a sporting event. Yeah. I will also say this, like now that we've had you on, we kind of know you like I, there is a difference too. Like when you're watching somebody like Drew, cause Drew and I became buddies, right? And when you watch somebody that you know in there too, it's different. Like in football, like there's injuries, but like. I don't know. It's different than watching your friend get like punched in the face, or, or that, I think that was the night that he delivered like that devastating knee. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Yes. That night was amazing. Wasn't it? Like, right. That I mean, you're so pumped. Crazy. Like, it's so yeah, primal, no. man. I mean, think about like like grade school, like after school, we're meeting at the crash. These two dudes are gonna fight. Like that's basically what it's that's what it feels like to me sitting there watching when you know somebody. It's like, man, like whew, everybody's everybody's meeting up. Like this big kid from their school, this big kid from our school, they're about to fight each other. It's gonna be crazy, <laughs> you know? Uh, well, Drew's like Drew's like Drew's my like my, my my buddy. I like I love Drew. We train together all the time. We've been beating each other up forever. Uh when that fight went down, Drew if you weren't there, Drew kept getting taken down over and over again. Dude was laying on him, holding him, and the fight was going to come to an end, and it was going to be a decision, and Drew was going to lose, and we were all so mad because the fight never really got to happen. Like, it was just neutralizing Drew and not really fighting him. And uh, and just the, the last round, Drew just lands this perfectly timed knee on the shot and knocks this guy's teeth out. It was lands, so satisfying. And he lands that knee like oh, almost like so good center of the cage. I mean, it was like it was like if you could draw up how to like just destroy a dude and end a fight. Like it was it was. I mean, look, you could tell all of us that were there are still talking about it. Like, god damn, yeah. it was exciting. Drew actually had his tooth stuck in his knee. Yeah, I remember. yeah. Oh Jesus, it he was had to that take flush. it out of his knee. Yeah. Oh. All right, uh, Cobb. I think it's about that time. <laughs> <laughs> Cobb topic. Cobb topic. <laughs> and that's the thing. If Ted N yelled hammer fist, he probably wouldn't have even won. <laughs> 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 um, me! Me! <laughs> hammer fist. Rip his head off. Like, we're on the ground, dude. I can't knee him. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, out. I'm just picturing him looking over like, Ted, easy. Right. <laughs> um... <laughs> Dude, now you made me forget my uh, my cop topic. Oh, so you know, there's like um, I don't know. You see them on the internet all the time, like just the idea of like life hacks, like little things that people do. Well, yeah. now that we're all getting a little bit older, I feel like there are some like quote unquote life hacks that actually work. Um, so the cop topic this week: what is a little life hack that actually works? Something small that me or any of us could do to just slightly improve our lives or decrease friction. So feel free to send us an email. Uh, you know where it is. <laughs> you, you know where we're at. I don't need to say the email address. A little life hack that you like. I mean, the helps. easiest thing I can say off coming off like the the trip I do every year with like my brother and Will and usually a couple other guys. People are like, "How do you guys do this every year?" And it's just as simple as go. Right? Like everybody talks about planning stuff and this and that. Just go. Right? Even on Saturday, like I would have been happy. Like I said, sitting in that bar, but it's like, no. Look, let's get we're in. We're in Denver. Let's get in the goddamn Uber and go see, you know, Golden. Let's go see Red Rocks. Just, if you want to do something, like, just go do it. You know, it's the easiest way. And then, and I get it. You know, you have a couple trips with friends and it's like, people are always, they're blown away. Like, you guys do this every year? Like, yeah, you just got to show up. Yeah, you just got to be committed. Yeah. And that applies to so many other things in life too, in terms of just go. Especially with like travel or certain things, or if there's something you've always wanted to try, like a martial art, like, go take a class. Do stuff. Yeah. Go, you know. Do more now. <laughs> Do more now. <laughs> um, well, the simplest thing that I like to tell people is to just drink a damn glass of water when you wake up. 
Yes. It's like the most important time to do that, and you can just reap some serious benefits. And to some people, when you say that, that doubles their water intake for the day, yeah. which is just fucking crazy to think about. You want about, me to drink another glass of water? Thing. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, like getting that first one in like right when you wake up is just a huge thing. I've also been uh, scaling down my meditation efforts because somebody said to – that like he does. So I was listening to Dan Harris's podcast about po- meditation, and he had Gary V on, and he brought in his meditation teacher to walk Gary th- V through a short one. And Gary asked uh, Dan, the the teacher, "How long do you guys meditate for a day?" And the teacher just said one minute. Like that's the that's where he sets the bar for himself. And I was like, "Oh damn, there's no excuse now." <laughs> like <laughs> even if I think about a five minute meditation, it's like I'll find a way to to skip that, even if it comes across my mind. But like one minute, yeah, it's tough to go a day without that. So um, that's been that's been really beneficial. But it's it's newer to me than the glass of water when you wake up. But I think they're both super beneficial. Yeah, yeah, that reminds me of that other quote. Like, if you don't have a, a minute to meditate, you need twenty. You know, <laughs> that's a good quote. <laughs> I mean, another simple one for me is just eat, get a spoon out to eat your rice. Oh, <laughs> dude, that's pretty good. Just stop looking like an idiot, man. Right, like you scraping around like the bottom, like hanging <gasps> to the rest of that rice. Just use a goddamn spoon. Tell them what you got for the people out there. This is a sad life hack that it took me, you know, like into my 20s to figure out. But if you have to wake up early in the morning and go to work, lay out your clothes on the floor so that when you wake up, you can just put them on and you don't have to find them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've not been late to work. Thanks to that. I try. You know what I do with that with is uh, my gym bag. Sometimes I realize yep. like in the morning, like I'll just waste 10 minutes like walking around the bedroom as opposed to just like waking up. Put on stuff and go. Yeah, and once you have your gear on, like then you know the workout's happening. Yeah, or there's no excuse. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, mine would be the broccoli rubber band. Broccoli you guys are familiar band. with the rubber band in which broccoli comes? Yeah, it's yeah. a great, great rubber band. Thicker. Yeah, it's a great rubber band. It works really well. Uh, it happens to fit perfectly around credit and debit cards. I'm not using one right now, but I've always been a big fan huh. of like slim wallets and stuff. As you can see, like this is basically just like a neoprene sleeve or like a elastic sleeve i'm not sure but a broccoli rubber band you can throw it on there it's like i mean it's literally free you can throw a little bit of cash in there whatever especially if you're going out uh something like halloween where you don't have a full wallet set up whatever or like i used one as my my wallet for a long time and uh yeah, they're great. So the broccoli huh. rubber band. Would you got be my, me on the binder clip. I'm still doing it. Binder clip is also a great one for a wallet. You just fold the little things time. over. Oh, yeah, yeah, broccoli rubber band. The slim clip is solid space. too. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, I Ted. Here we go. See, we out here. What are you rocking there, Talon? You got yeah, the old tri- have, trifold George Costanza? I don't even have my wallet in my pocket. I put it in my jacket because it takes up too much damn space. And it's not because I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm inefficient. <laughs> Outside the cage. Very efficient inside it. I like to think so. All right. Uh, once again, Talon Hammonds, thanks for coming on. Uh, he'll be well, fighting you guys. Saturday the 13th out at uh, Cage Sport MMA. It's Cage Sport uh, 53, Emerald Queen Casino. Uh, Ticketmaster.com if you want to get tickets. We'll be back next week. Uh, remember, we're getting we're getting to that part of the year. We started with diligence, so we're into October now. Stick with the diligence. Let's finish strong and get into the holidays. This is when we need diligence the most. Woo. Football games, this and that, like it's it's tough. But yeah, stay diligent, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have, we're gonna have a fucking blast this Christmas.
Dip I season, baby. Dip season will be back. I guarantee you that much. This Christmas, it is on, boys. All right, there's episode 235 for MCTP for Cobb and Lee Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers.